0: God, our Father, pray that you will, through your Holy Spirit, open your words to us and open our hearts to receive your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said some astonishing things. Uh, He once said, I am the light of the world. You can read that in John's Gospel. But in Matthew's Gospel, he says to his disciples, and that wasn't just the 12, it was to a crowd of people like us, we're listening to him, he said, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. In other words, I want you to go out and do what I've been doing. You are to bring salt and light, change the world, make it good, make it different, make it better. It's quite a task, quite an honor to be given it. I'm trusting you to do this. But it's not easy to do, is it? Right? I don't know where your spiritual journeys began. I, I'll tell you briefly, mine began, I was 12 years old. And I'd just started, I was in my first year at secondary school. And I was invited to go to a youth group. It was a club for boys. And I went there, and we went away to camp that summer. And uh, I heard one night at camp, we used to have a sing-song every night, and then a talk. And one night in the talk, they talked about asking Jesus to be part of your life and to follow him for the rest of your life. And I can't remember exactly what was said. I know it was good because our leaders were really good speakers. But I came out of the marquee and I thought, I've got to go for that. I know that's got to be me. And the next day, I I went to see the guy that was in charge of my little team of boys and I talked with him and we sat in his tent and I prayed a prayer and it changed the whole course of my life. And I walked out of his tent and I was going back to my tent where my mates were. And I, well, I was sort of floating. I thought something has happened to me, which is amazing. I felt so good. And I walked into my tent and one of the other boys was lying on my bed. Right Now, when I say my bed, it was... It was a bag with straw in it with blankets on it, okay, on the ground. We were tough in those days, right? And I've just become a Christian. I've just given my life to Christ. And there's Mickey lying on my bed, so I kicked him. Wasn't the best start in the Christian life, was it, really? Uh, but the thing was, where I'd changed was I realized I shouldn't have done it and said, oh, I'm sorry, I wouldn't have said that half an hour before, but but I've already discovered it's not easy to live the life, there are all sorts of temptations to crush you and bring you down. I got home and I told my parents, I've become a Christian. They thought, what is going on? Our sons become a religious fanatic because they weren't churchgoers. And I clearly remember one day when I was in my teenage years, a few years later, my mother sitting down and telling me I shouldn't do something really silly in my future, like becoming a vicar. Really worried in case I did that. But, you know, you rebel against your parents, don't you? And then over the years, there's all sorts of discouraging voices, people saying, not many people go to church today I don't know why you go Gary churches will all be closed in this country in 10 years time if I had five pounds for every time somebody said that to me I, I would be so rich by now and I was telling the uh, earlier congregation that uh, a neighbor in Fulham met me um, one day and he said I want to tell you in four years time this country will be totally Muslim totally Muslim I said, no, it won't. You watch, you watch. I'm sorry we moved from Fulham because I want to be able to say, told you so. But whatever you're doing for God, there are discouragements that come in, temptations and discouraging voices and disappointments. Now, Nehemiah has gone back to the people of Jerusalem because he feels that Jerusalem should be a witness that God was active. That for the Jews, Jerusalem, and particularly the temple in the middle, said this is the place where heaven touches earth. This proves that God is with his people, that God is active. And the people were dispirited, the walls were in ruins, and Nehemiah felt that God was calling him to see that the walls were rebuilt. And he'd gone back and he said how God had blessed him and he had authority to do this. And Last week, uh, Martin was telling us how he had motivated the people, ordinary people, not builders, but there were sort of merchants and scholars and priests and shopkeepers and, and farmers all working to build these walls up. But there were enemies. There were people just across the borders, who didn't want the walls rebuilt. And they did all they can to, uh, to stop them. There was Sanballat, who was, uh, so history tells us, the governor of Samaria. There was another guy called Tobiah, who was of some noble birth, but had married into the Jewish nation, but didn't want the walls rebuilt. And then there was, it keeps calling Geshem the Arab. And Geshem and his son were Arab princes, and they had three tribes of Arabs all ready to fight for them, if need be. And they began by just laughing at what the Jews in Jerusalem were doing. Look at what they're building. If a fox walks on it, it'd knock the walls down. And it gets in your mind. There's nothing worse than people mocking what you're doing. Now, tell me, if I quote a poem of Steve Turner's, he's not here. Do we have to pay him? <laughs> he's not here. He doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm doing it uh, on behalf of the church. And I mean, the treasurer no, <laughs> Steve Turner, one of our church members, has, has written lots of poetry. But one of my favorite poems of his, it's very short, it says, Sticks and Stones. Merely break your bones, but words can tear your heart out. And when they're mocking them, you know, you can imagine them saying, you know what, we put all that all that work in, but look at those walls. Yeah, Fox probably could knock some of that down. And that undermines them. Nehemiah did what he always did. He prayed, and he needed to, because the next thing that happened was that representative of the tribe of Judah comes to him and says, we can't carry on. My people are absolutely exhausted. There is so much rubbish to clear away before we start building. We can't carry on. We really can't go on. And then other rumors began to hit him. The the three villains, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, started spreading rumors. We are going to attack them. We're going to come on them by night and we'll kill them. And that'll stop the building. And some of the Jews who lived near them picked up these rumors and came down to Jerusalem and told people. I love the way Nehemiah puts it, because he's writing this book himself. He says, they told us ten times. No, I think he said, they told us... Ten times! You know, they spread it so as many people as possible heard, You are in danger. They may not have been actually really in danger because Nehemiah had the authority of the most powerful man in the world, Artaxerxes, and the forces of Persia behind him. But getting into the minds of the ordinary people building Jerusalem, You can't carry on. Yeah, that works. So Nehemiah takes action. He arms his people. He gives them swords, he gives them spears, he gives them armor. And then he puts them at weak points in families. So he puts one family here, the wall's low here. Okay, you're one family, you're here. Another family, this is your bit. You defend here. Okay, you've got the weapons, and if we're attacked, you stand and you fight. You fight for your wives, you fight for your sons, you fight for your daughters. And it stirs the people up. Yeah, we've got weapons. We can do this. And that's the thing. We are always being undermined. You can't carry on. The church is nearly empty. You don't really think you're going to grow this church, do you? And it's the thing that gets into your mind. Paul wrote to the Ephesians. And he talks about the forces that we're fighting against, the forces of evil. And it's those sort of forces that get into your mind. And he says, put on the armor of God. You'll find it in Ephesians chapter 6. Put on the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth. Know what you believe. The breastplate of righteousness. Live the life so that people can't accuse you of failing. The shield of faith. Keep trusting God so that whatever is hammered at you, you have a shield to protect you. Your shoes are the gospel of peace so you know what the message is you're giving. And in your hands, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Stand firm. You have that armor on. You will be able to stand firm. And that's more or less what what Nehemiah is doing with these people. You've got armor, you've got weapons. Stand against them. But the key thing, he says, remember your God who is great and awesome. Remember your God who is great and awesome. It's interesting that he does the practical thing and then he tells them about God. He doesn't just say, trust God and carry on because they would still have been worrying. And he says, you've got that. And then later he says, God will fight for you. Some years ago, uh, we in Fulham were part of a mission called Soul in the City. And uh, it was a really good mission. We went around in our parish doing jobs for people. We sort of cleaned up and repainted the wall of the sheltered housing. I became a bingo caller in the sheltered housing, to my shame, you know, i would got all the stuff on its own, number five, two fat ladies, 88, very, uh, anyway. And we did all that. And then in the evenings, we had meetings. Uh, this went on for two weeks. And the meeting specially directed at young people, but not solely for young people. And we had music and we had a message. Somebody would speak about Jesus and about why we were doing this. And a number of young people listened carefully. Quite a few from our church had been there. And some of them said, yeah, we want to go for this. We want to, well, they wanted to do the same thing that I'd done all those years before. And they said, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. I want to ask Jesus to come into my life and to be my savior. And I was really excited by this, especially because one of the people who responded uh, was our goddaughter. She was 12 or 30 at the time. But some people who'd been praying for this mission said uh, it was all emotion, wasn't it? It wasn't real. They're young. They were just swept up with the music and the emotion. And I was really angry. And I can remember speaking at one of the meetings in the second week and saying, listen, I... I want to say to you young people I went through what you've been through when I was your age and I'm still here believing what you went through with an emotion um, some people avoided my eyes I saw but I tell you that because that was some years ago our goddaughter as I say was 12 or 13 and then last year one day Norma had a message from our go- uh, goddaughter she sent us she sent her um, a text and the first thing on the text was a picture. And the picture was of a Bible, the Bible we had given her years before at her confirmation. She's now 29? Oh my word. I don't want to know that. And there was the Bible we gave her for her confirmation. And she said she was with her sister her cousin, and she named three or four other young people who'd been around at the time of that mission. And some of them had been through um, really difficult times. They'd been tempted uh, by friends, because some of them rang with a really rough crowd. Uh, And what Emily said in her text, she says, we're all at church at a Bible study. And I thought, great, where are all those of you that said it was just emotion? And young people had been through struggles, but out and awesome. And he wins. And I like winning, I'm competitive, and I want to be on the winning side. And Nehemiah knows that. And he also knows he's armed them. He's got some people with sort of bricks and mortar in one hand and a sword in the other. And he says, I kept the guy with the trumpet with me. And if you hear the trumpet, all come. And the message he's giving out is if we are attacked, we all defend together. We all come together. Because you know we need each other. That's really important. Norma and I are going through a bit of a stressful time at the moment. We're selling one house, buying another, and moving not far away. And uh, it's pretty stressful. And uh, I've got friends, actually one of the friends who was with me at that youth club all those years ago in the 1950s. Aren't I old? And every now and then he rings me up just to say, how are you? How are you doing? We want to know how you are. Do you want to come down? Uh, he lives in the country, down for a few days in the country, just to get away. And it's nice to know that you're being supported like that. And that you're loved like that. And we need each other. And you know, it's a dreadful day out there, isn't it? It's windy, it's wild, it's not very warm. But you've come. And I want to tell you, my heart lifted with that every one of you is here. As each walked through the door. Yes, they're here. A brilliant reason for coming to church is just to encourage one another. That's a great reason for coming to church. If you, I don't feel like it. But if I come to church, I might make Martine feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll come. And it, it's worth going. You know, a, a colleague said to me, he never goes to Um, He said, because they're boring and uh, all I'd be going for would be to encourage Tim, who's the area dean. And I thought, that's worth doing, encouraging Tim. Because we need each other, and we need that fellowship. Nehemiah is so wise, and he mucks in with him. He's a great leader. He says, right, some of us are going to sleep in the town with our swords ready, and he's one of them. That's a good leader. I have to tell you, at youth club on Tuesday night, <laughs> <laughs> too late, I've snipped. Martine said, we need some music. And she went across the road and uh, came back with some music. And they're playing the music. I sort of got my back to her and I turned around. And there she was doing a dance routine with some of the girls. <laughs> I, what a mover. What a mover. <laughs> but, you know, that's part of being in it together. So, put on the armor of God encourage one another, be together, and remember your God who is great and awesome and who fights for us. Isn't that exciting? We're building something for God and we will succeed. He said so. Amen.